something happened. Looks like we're live. Are we? I can't see it. Oh, hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> For a minute there, I couldn't see myself. Hi, uh -oh. good evening, everyone. It's really lovely to have you here with us. And today I have Janelle Anderson with us. And today we are going to be talking about how to leave behind, you know, taking your power back and coming out of the shadows. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Janelle and then um, Janelle will tell you a little bit more. So who is Janelle Anderson? Janelle is an expert coach, author, and speaker. She leads women through a process of self-discovery, personal transformation, and growth to, cre to create a fearless confidence. That's something we tend to lack. We tend to lack confidence and to have somebody who is able to introduce us to that is, uh, and help us to grow and build that up is wonderful. So Janelle, can you, I won't go into all of the things that you do, but it will be nice for you to tell the audience a little bit more before we go into our conversation because we wanna have a conversation. We don't have anything scripted, so we are going to work from what comes from the inside of us, the question that comes, and we're going to bring that up. So thank you for being here with us, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Verna, for having me. I'm excited to be here with you, with all of you. Yes, yeah, so I am a coach and an author and a speaker. I do a lot of different things, and which I love. I love variety. So I, I help women entrepreneurs mostly to begin to speak up with confidence and get their message out there, get their name out there, because they have so much to offer. And often women don't have that confidence, as you were saying, and so they hide back in the shadows and are afraid to step out there with who they are because they feel like, well, maybe I'm not enough or I'm not good enough or people won't like. But I tell them, and I believe this wholeheartedly, is that there's so much treasure inside of them that the world needs and wants. And to step out fully as you and just shine your, your light and all of your brilliance. So I help women to come into that place where they see that and can own it. And so then we start to put together what is your message, the core of who you are and what you're wanting to shine out into the world. And how, how do you put those words together? And we begin to practice speaking them so that there's more confidence and they are more able to get out there with their message and then the world can hear them. So whether it's getting on a podcast or a video show like this or a summit or a live stage or even through writing or speaking in a small group or on a stage, wherever it might be, you know, women entrepreneurs need to get out there. And so I love to do that. I do that through courses and a mastermind group. And I have an event I do several times a year about storytelling. And it's just really super fun to help women do that. And I also coach one-on-one -on -one as well. So there's lots of things. There's lots, yes. That's, that's really, really great. Yeah, I suppose that when we're talking about confidence and you talk about women being enough, thinking that they are not good enough, and I think that stems from where we were told we shouldn't, we should be seen and not be heard. And then that affects us in, in areas where we probably don't want to boast about the things we are capable of because we think that is boasting. But it's a case of really showcasing ourselves. And I think I'm learning that because we're not being visible. And the reason why we're not being visible is because I guess we are not showcasing ourselves. I had a conversation yesterday, I think the program yesterday, and it was so, it opened my eyes to see a lot of things. So in terms of 
We're talking today about taking our power back and, and coming out of the shadows. And do you want to tell me a little bit more about that? Because when we first met and we started talking about things and lots was coming up to us and, and this was presented itself very prominently. So can you just dive into that a little bit more and tell us a bit more, be as broad as wide as however you <laughs> Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, I know in our first conversation, we, we definitely got into my whole story and uh, how I was hiding in the shadows for most of my life. And I wrote a book, actually, this came out this year where it talks about that. And the title actually comes from that whole experience. It's take center stage, be the star of your own story. Because I wasn't, I was hiding behind the curtain backstage and afraid to step out on center stage of my own life. And, and I didn't want to be seen and heard. I was so, I wouldn't say shy, but I felt like I wasn't worthy, you know, I because of past trauma, you know. So in my 20s, I went through a series of different traumatic events from being drugged and raped uh, at 19, all the way to four years later, being sex trafficked by my boyfriend. And a lot happened in between. And, and that period of time in my life really just piled on loads of shame. And I began to hide. And I find that a lot of women are hiding in the shadows because of shame stories, things that possibly happened in their life, or maybe even things that were just spoken to them or over them, things they believe are true that really are not true about who they are. Like what you were saying about, you know, the messages we receive about how we should kind of be seen and not heard, and we should diminish our our gifts and our talents, because that's bragging and boasting. Even those kinds of messages can cause women to hide in the shadows because that's what we believe we should do. We should be diminishing our light. And I have found that it's not true for one thing. When you are just being who you are, and standing in your own power of who you are and shining your light, you are not boasting. You are showcasing yourself, as you said, and it's not a matter of, hey, I'm so great. I'm better than everybody else. Look at me. That is boasting. Boasting is setting yourself up as being better than everyone else. But what we're talking about here with shining your light or showcasing who you are, it's the facts of who you are. It's true that you have these talents and these gifts and these things that you were created to do innately that are in you. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with standing in that, owning it, owning who you are. And so this was the journey of my life because after I came out of the sex trafficking situation, there was another 30 years where I hid in the shadows because of those shame stories and that I believed that I was worthless, that I had caused all of that to happen. Somehow there was some defect in me. And so I didn't want to be seen or heard. I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think people would want to hear anything I had to say. And I hid in the shadows and I diminished everything. I played small and I wasn't walking in my own power. I was really giving my power away and would try to fit into whatever anybody else thought of me or thought I should do or say. And that really does take your power away. Your power is not power over other people. It's a power to be you. It's just owning who you are and loving who you are. And when you're in that space, you will shine and you won't try to overpower anyone else. Your light does not diminish somebody else's light. And I feel like a lot of women are afraid 
that if they shine fully with all the glory of who they are, all the brilliance of who they are, if they really own that, that somehow they're going to be diminishing somebody else's light. That is not what happens. When you are shining in your own light and you're just being you, you are actually enhancing everyone else around you. And when I got a hold of that revelation, it really brought a lot of freedom to me. First, it was really seeing the beauty inside of me and that I was never worthless and being able to begin to own that and shed all the shame stories and see that I am a beautiful, worthy, amazing human being created to shine my light. And then, then I saw that when I did that, it enabled others around me to shine their own light because there's no comparison there. There's no competition there. When I shine my light, I'm not competing with your light. Your light is beautiful and brilliant by itself. That's kind of been my journey and, and why I wrote the book that I wrote because I want to see that. I want to see other women step into that place because when they do, when we all do, it's just beautiful. It helps It helps the world be a better place. Yes, it does. And I understand what you're saying. You know, um, there is just so much to ask you. I have so many questions in my, <laughs> come up in what you said that I want to ask and I can't ask them all at one time. But it's so, <laughs> it's, it, you know, you said, you said so much there about hiding in the shadows, being trafficked. I mean, you think about sex traffic is still being done. It's still happening. Yeah. Even after so many years, when you were able to come out of it. So I want to ask you, number one, how did you get out of it? But then mm -hmm. it took you another 30 years before you could fully embrace who you are, how remarkable you are, because that takes strength. It takes, it, there's, a, there's a strength and that strength comes from deep within you and your, your mm -hmm. faith and your belief. So mm -hmm. I want you to talk about that. And then, you know, being, and you talk about that light, you know, when, you, when I hear you talk about light, this is something that I say about myself. I want to be a light, that light that shines on the hilltop. Yes. Everyone can see. Because yes. you said, none of us, our light, we don't diminish anyone else. But we allow others to shine their light because we all have a story. Each of our story is different. But each of our stories is different because we have to reach different sets of people. Exactly. No comparison. Absolutely no comparison. So I want you to, there is a lot there to unpack. And I want you to really touch on each of them as you see fit. Okay. The first part, you know, how I got out of the trafficking, I was in it for three years and my situation was not like I was kidnapped and, and tucked away and locked away and drugged like a lot of people are. But in my situation, it was my boyfriend who had won my trust. It was a relationship. And this happens often, often it's relationship based. And so I didn't see it as being trafficked at the time. I didn't know I was being trafficked. I thought that I was such a horrible person that I would agree to such a thing. And the reason I agreed to it was I was so desperate to be loved and accepted. And I was also far from my family and just really in a vulnerable state. And he took advantage of that, which I didn't realize until many years later. I thought during those three years that I was trapped. This was it for me. This was going to be my life. I didn't see any way out. I didn't think I would ever be able to do what I wanted to do, which was teach school. I mean, how could I be a teacher when I've done this? I didn't believe anybody else would ever want me as far as, you know, getting married or being loved by a man in a healthy way. I just thought I was ruined. I really believed that. 
But then one night things got really, really bad between, I call him my boyfriend, but the my trafficker basically, where we had a, a bad argument and he had me on the floor choking me. And I thought, I thought he was going to kill me because he had this rage in his eyes and he wasn't usually physically violent ever. He was more mentally, emotionally manipulative and abusive. But that day he did get physical. Anyway, somehow in the middle of that, he must have like realized what he was doing. And he suddenly stopped and ran out of the apartment. In the meantime, during these three years, my parents had been writing me letters and my older brother had been writing me letters about how they were, we were raised Catholic, but during this time they had, they had become born again Christians basically. And they were writing me these letters telling me about how much the Lord loved me, how much Jesus loved me. And I'd always believed that even during this time, but I thought that I I was not worthy anymore, that he could never forgive me. But they started talking to me a lot. And so I was, I think the pump got primed a little. And so <laughs> that night in my desperation and in my fear and just this terror, basically, uh, and desperate, desperate desire to get out of this lifestyle, I called my mom. It was the middle of the night. She was in Virginia. We were in Las Vegas. And thankfully she opened, she answered the phone. Now my parents did not know what I was being trafficked. They didn't know what I was doing, but they knew something was wrong. And I'm sobbing and weeping and just, I don't even know what I said to her, but she started talking to me about Jesus wants you to come home to him and have peace. And all I knew was those two words, home and peace were like a magnet to my soul. Like, like you're thirsty in the desert and you've got to have that drink. I knew I needed that. I didn't understand it in my mind, but in my heart, I knew. I needed it. So I agreed to pray with her. She told me later she couldn't believe I was agreeing to pray with her because at that time I was pretty hardened and my, yeah, you wouldn't even recognize me. But anyway, so I prayed with her. And after the prayer, immediately I had this experience of a presence of God just coming into my being. I felt it physically, this peace overpowering me and filling me. And instantly I knew I was done. I was not intimidated suddenly. I was not afraid all of a sudden to stand up to to this man and say no. And I knew in that moment, I was never going to go back out to another casino and sit on another bar stool and give my body away for money ever again. I was just not going to, I wasn't going to go back out there. So he came home that night and I told him what happened. And of course he didn't believe me and he tried everything he could. He tried intimidation. He tried lying that he'd lost all our money and I should go out and make it again. He tried shaming me that how could I take money from my parents to help me move home when I could go out and make that money in one day, how could I do that? And all those tactics that would have worked before did not phase me. And I just knew I was done. It was the most amazing feeling. And I really, truly felt like I'd come home. So I finally left and moved back to Virginia and started a whole new life. But I'd never told my parents. I never told anyone about the rape in college. So I never got any help. I never told anyone about the trafficking. I was too ashamed. How could I tell people this? A year later, I actually married my trafficker, which is always shocking to hear. But during that whole year, he kept in touch with me. He had gone home to Pennsylvania. He claimed to become a Christian. He, you know, was telling me he still loved me and all this stuff. But in my mind, I was thinking, well, I don't really want to marry him, but if I'm ever going to get married, it's going to have to be him because who else would ever want me? That was what was going through my mind. Mm -hmm. And I married him. And on my wedding night, I knew instantly it was a terrible mistake. 
but we were married for another six, six and a half years. And he finally left. And that, and I knew then it was over in, in the middle of all that. He also had an affair. <laughs> it was just a lot of stuff. We also were homeless for a while, but during that time we had a child and she's worth everything that I went through. She's just the light of my life. And so I dedicate my book to her actually. <laughs> She was so uh, comforting to me through all this stuff. But anyway, so we finally split up. I come back home to my parents and start rebuilding my life again. And still, that I was in my 30s. And it wasn't until my 50s that I started to deal with the past. I got married again. And I did tell him what happened. But... I never did talk to a counselor or a therapist or anything until my 50s. And when I finally did, it was because I kept hitting this wall and I, I was at this place in my life where I felt like, okay, I need to fulfill my purpose. Time is going by really fast. What is it I'm meant to do? <laughs> like I felt a pull and a draw to coach and to speak and get in front of the room, but I was still hiding in the shadows. And I was too afraid to step into what was my destiny and my calling, even though I felt it inside, it was like a tug of war. And I realized something was holding me back. And through a lot of prayer, like you talked about faith, it was faith. It was my faith that my foundation, my strength that I gained from that, that gave me the courage to face it and to deal with it and to look at it finally and uncover it and own it because I had been disconnected from that part of myself. I considered that not even me. It was like separate. But when I went through this healing journey, I realized I began to realize that actually it did happen. I can't separate it from it's a part of me. Yeah. And so I began to be whole again, you know, that those disconnected places of me that I had tried to hide behind the shadows, right? I had I had tried to uh, disconnect from that part of my life and from that person, that younger person that I was really ashamed of. And I came to this place where I saw my younger self in a completely different way. I saw her with compassion instead of shame. And I was able to like wrap my hand, my arms around me basically, and forgive myself and love myself and understand why it happened, how it happened understand that I had been a victim to predators basically and that I was not a worthless person but I had been taken advantage of and so as I began to really own my story and and talk about what had happened the shame left and I felt like I was becoming whole again my dignity was being restored my worth was being restored which was really interesting because 30 years before, when I was in church one day, my pastor prayed a prayer over me and he said that the Lord was promising to restore my dignity, my worth, and my confidence as a woman. And that was 30 years earlier. And here it was coming to pass. And so as that happened, my confidence grew. I began to feel this emergence of confidence and an emergence of me. And I was able to step out and begin to speak and share my story. And as I did that, I found that so many women were, were helped by that. So it wasn't about me telling them my story. It wasn't about a, a sad story. It was about helping other women to understand that who they are is wonderful 
and that those stories they've been believing aren't even true. And to just shed, you know, it's like taking off, you know, your story, taking off that shame and laying it aside and letting the true you come out. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking the shackles. <laughs> yes. Breaking that, the, the blocks that is standing there that is, you know, when you're bouncing into. I can relate so much to what you're saying because, you know, as we had in our conversation, I, I, I mean, I wasn't traffic, traffic or anything like that, but I too experienced abuse and I experienced it from a very young age. And I, I, I grew up not seeing anyone or speaking to anyone. I mean, you told the people that should love you, but nobody believed. And so you, Sunday school was a thing. Sunday school is where mm -hmm. I found out that Jesus loves me. Mm -hmm. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. So once I got hold of that, that Jesus loves me, that was good enough. You know, I held on to that and I held on to the scriptures and things like that. And that's how I built myself. So like you, I didn't see a therapist. The word of God was my therapy. I used mm -hmm. that. And uh, yet still, as you grow, as you said, you bury all of that because you don't, you don't think you're worthy. You don't think you're, you know, and then I, I too got married and was abused in that as well and, mm -hmm. and walked away from it and, 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 you know, started all over again. And I knew I always wanted to work with people. I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to see people well and in their homes and everything like that. So I thought nursing was the way to go. But then I found out that was not the way to go. And I too had a, you know, I uh, was a worship leader. And I too had a pastor prayed on me that I have healing hands. You know, my touch, you know, prayed. And, but you, you, you don't think about those things. And, but I knew I, when I found out that nursing wasn't what I knew that I wanted to be an inspirational speaker. I wanted to, to tell a story mm -hmm. and help others heal from the inside out. It's not just about healing, just healing from mm -hmm. the outside. You have to heal from the inside because everything has to come out. It has to come out. And that's what I, I didn't realize I was hiding so much like you. I was burying everything underneath until 2020. Until Mother's Day, when yeah. I broke down, and because uh, my mom disappeared over thirty-five years ago, so I've never seen her again, and wow. I had two miscarriages, um, one at six months and one at six and a half. So Mother's Day, no mother to say Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I mean, all the other years, it never never bothered me because I just work, 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 and ne never thought of it, kept busy. And then no kids to say Happy Mother's Day to me. So mm. all the tears, just, everything just, you know, came out. The mm. floods started coming out. And mm. that's when I knew, okay, although I knew way back, and I spoke to my brother about it in 2002, about being an inspirational speaker, spoke to my sister. My sister said, you need to speak about this. You need to talk about it. You need to tell your story. You need to help others. You still keep, in, you know, but um, mm -hmm. in 2018, 2018, when I said to my sister, this is what has happened to me. And as a nurse herself, she teaches nursing. She said, who did you see? Do you mean, who did I see? Did you see a counselor? Do you know? 
So how come you manage to live all like this without any signs or anything like that? Well, the word of God. That was my counselor. Yeah. That was my counselor. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. And he said, he promised me, he made certain promises and I held him to his promises. And that was it. So sometimes I still find myself holding back and not wanting to push myself out there. So listening to you and hearing you say these things, it just reinforces the uh, what it is we go through to really help us to speak into the lives of others. Because as um, women, with, we all have gifts, but we all have different types of gifts. And it's those gifts that we have. It's not for ourselves. So sometimes we say, why me? Why did that happen to me? Why not? Mm -hmm. And it's in that yeah. essence we get the, the things that we need to, 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 to take forward. So with that in mind, <laughs> having overcome all of that, having now get to that place where you have accepted who you are, that you are remarkable, that you are loving, that you are confident, that you are courageous, that you are more than enough, that you are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you put all of that together and then decided, okay, I'm going to tell my story and I'm going mm -hmm. to reach others. How did you with that transformation that you experienced from that time with your mom praying with you and getting that chance, because what I'm thinking, what I'm, what I'm sensing and I'm curious about is how the Holy Spirit, which is what I believe, Holy yep. Spirit took hold of you and said, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time to step out there. Well, the best way to describe that is to bring you into a moment where this became very clear. He had been speaking to me, but I was sitting on the floor with my back up against the wall. We were at a women's retreat. Everybody was having kind of a quiet time. Music was playing, this beautiful atmosphere. And I'm sitting there having this struggle inside where the Holy Spirit's saying, you should be in front of the room speaking. I've called you to be doing that. And I'm going, but, but who would want to hear me? Like, what are you talking about? I, I don't have anything to share that's anybody's going to be interested in. I had been believing my whole life that I was really boring as a speaker. I, my voice is too quiet. I grew up in a big family where, you know, my voice kind of got drowned out. And with all the trauma I had been through, I didn't believe I had anything that would be I didn't believe I could speak in an interesting way. And I didn't believe that anybody wanted to hear it. So I'm struggling sitting there and it's just this back and forth, back and forth. Like I feel the pull to be up in the front of the room. I want to be doing that, but I'm afraid I can't. And so I look down in the middle of the struggle and my Bible was open in my lap and it just happened to be open to second Timothy one seven. And my eyes fall on that scripture. I haven't given you a spirit of fear but of power, love, and sound mind. And when I read that, it was like a shout in my spirit, literally like, stop it. 
Stop shrinking back in fear. I've called you to this. I've given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. I haven't given you this fear. And that word means shrinking back. It literally means shrinking back. And I sat there like stunned almost like it was like God showed up almost. I could almost hear it audibly. And it was like this challenge laid in front of me. Are you going to step across this line and do what I've called you to do and embrace and step into this power I've given you? And so in that moment, I was I was literally shaking in my boots, but he actually gave me a small step to do. And that was to write down a scripture and a little message and hand it to one of the leaders because they were asking, does anybody have a word from the Lord for the group? So he gave me one and I wrote it down and I was literally burnt. I was shaking in my boots. Like, what if I give this to them and they don't read it? Then that means I didn't hear and I'm not worthy. You know, I was just like, it was ridiculous how scared I was, but I did it. I wrote it down. I gave it to one of the leaders. And then later, as we started the next session, they got up there in front of everyone and they were like, well, we have several words from people for the group. And some of them we feel like are not for, for the group. And some of them we feel are. And I'm thinking, oh, no, mine's probably not. They probably rejected it, you know, and this is all going on in my mind. Well, they get up there and they said, but there's this one that we feel is definitely for this weekend. And they read mine. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I did hear from the Lord and, and it was like such a huge confirmation for me to step out there with my message, you know, and to speak mm -hmm. up and to, to step out. And yeah. all weekend they kept referring back to that word. And that mm -hmm. was the moment I knew I was hearing him. He was calling me. And so I needed to start taking more action steps. And so yeah. I made the decision in that moment. Okay. I'm going to do this. And it, it was a period of, I mean, it was a thing of learning. I had to add some skills to my toolbox. It didn't just happen overnight, but it was saying yes mm -hmm. to that call and trusting that Holy Spirit is leading me and empowering me and, yeah. and equipping me to yeah. do what he's asking me to do. Yeah. And it's often hard, you know, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, he does. It it's is. not always easy, but it's a step of faith. Yeah, you have to step up because I think is when we step in faith. You know, it's like a baby learning to walk. It doesn't yeah. just suddenly stand up and walk. It start to creep first, right? And it creeps and it creeps and it creeps. And you think, you know what? Everybody is standing on two legs. Why am I creeping? Why am I not falling? Okay, right. let me try to stand and then it hold on and it it fell down. You know, and it get up again. So every time you try, you get stronger and stronger and stronger. Right. And I can see that because one of the things as well that I, I feel that, you know, when, you know, in, in having to do this is that he said, I, as you said, he did not give you a spirit of fear, but what he gave you the spirit of power of love and a song of the mind. Yes. But he also says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and, mm -hmm. and with the heart man believes so it's always a heart issue and that heart is coming from deep down within us is that getting down into our soul our super consciousness uh, and really bringing everything up and so to you know being here with you is giving me 
is making me own up to my power as well. So, <laughs> and that's why it says iron sharpened iron. So you yes. have to be around people that will sharpen you. I I know here on the podcast, you know, we're doing this live, but on the Unstoppable Live podcast, when I thought it was, I had to just reach to women. I then realized that no, it's not just reaching out to women because not only women that be, are being abused, men are being abused as well. And right. what came was what I what I got was is that, and you mentioned it at the very beginning, is about dominion, not having dominion over another person, but having dominion over the things that will come to affect us that will come to diminish us. Mm. And we are to become one with our male partners and we have dominion over everything else, but not over one another. And when yeah. we grab, when we grab hold of that, that is like an, a lightning. <laughs> it's like a lightning has struck and you're thinking, wow. So he gave mm -hmm. us, God gave us gifts. And two of the gifts that he gave us, he gave us many gifts. But two of the gifts that he gave us was power mm -hmm. and dominion. So we have power and dominion over our lives. Yes. And to do the things that he has called us to and to walk in our power and to take dominion, to take captive of everything that will come to yes. sidetrack us and to hinder us. And that's what we have been taught for years in church that the man have dominion over the woman. Right. right. And the woman's supposed to be submissive. And yes, there is a part where he says, you know, when we, we, we say Eve ate of the tree or whatever, and he said, oh, the man will have dominion over you. But not in that way to dominate and to keep her down and to crush her. It's not that type of dominion he was talking about. That brings me to if someone is listening to us out there and they're thinking about how can I take my power back how can i get hold of it and this is one of the reasons why i wrote the program three powerful practices to take your power back and that stems from because you talked about it reflect revitalize and renew but you speak about yours in a different way but this is how it came to me because as a holistic i was into holistic all the time into you know healthy eating and eating of the the, the ground because that's what i grew up on my grandmother Food was medicine for us, so everything was in the garden. We ate of the land. So tell me, how can they who will be listening to this now step into their power, mm. come out of the shadows? Because you spoke so eloquently about how you came out of the shadows. Mm. How can they just take hold and not be afraid and not be ashamed? Because that's one of the things, shame. Yes. We use, people use shame. Oh, that is... um. A, you know that is taboo don't talk about that that's taboo don't don't talk about those things uh, mm -hmm. and again he said if i talk about it who would like me who will love me who will care about me yeah. but the one thing that happens is that god loves you yes because you come home i'm waiting i'm here yes I'm here to you. Mm, beautiful so shame causes us to hide that's what it does it gets its power by keeping it a secret Right. Even you talk about Adam and Eve after they send, they hid themselves because they were ashamed. So when you're trying to hide something and keep it a secret, you're actually diminishing your own power because you're walking in fear, right? And shame. And so I would say one thing to do is 
And it's not always easy to begin to talk about and bring out into the light. Do you have is something going on there? Uh, and I know it's really hard. And I, I remember the first time it really became clear to me that that's what I needed to do to actually sit down with somebody in, in my church, actually, and help me talk this through. I was terrified. It took me a whole year to actually do it from when I really knew I needed to, because I thought that it, that I was being very effective in hiding it all and it wasn't affecting me and it, it did affect me. You know, if there are things that you're afraid or ashamed to talk about, then the first step would be to find a way to talk about them, whether it is writing them down in a journal or finding a very trusted person who knows how to hold space for you without judging you. That's super important. And sometimes it's not your friends or your family. For me, it was my church. But to find a way for that to come out, we're talking about coming out of the shadows. And so anything you're trying to hide or keep a secret that's you feel ashamed of or afraid to talk about, it needs to come out like you were saying. It's like this festering sore, you know, unless you get that out of you, you cannot heal. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified to do it. But once I did, I realized it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be because I did have a safe space where I knew it wasn't going to be talked about or gossiped about, or I wasn't going to be judged. And I was helped through it. I was given this space to get it out in a safe way that started the whole healing journey. And there were lots of times alone where at home where I was talking about it to God and just praying and, and letting the emotions flow that had been stuffed. And so that is one thing. And, and again, I would say, you know, don't do it alone if you have some trauma or something from your past. And the other thing is to, this is something I tell a lot of women to do is to write down a list of all the things you've accomplished in your life. Even if they're small things, all the things you're good at, all the things you've done that you've worked hard for, or maybe you had to overcome a, an obstacle or a fear or something, but you did it, write it down and celebrate that yeah. because that will build your confidence and help you to see the, all the good things that are in you. We, we focus on all the bad things or the wrong things we think are bad, and we don't focus enough on all the good things that are there. <laughs> That's so, so true. You know, focusing on the good things, you know, focus on what you have been able to accomplish. Your accomplishments is so important because not only did you have a lived, learned experience. Yes. <laughs> you, you went through the fire. You came through the flood. <laughs> yes. And you were able to get on that hilltop and allow your light to shine. I mean, exactly. that's amazing. It's amazing. So when you think you're not good enough and you hear stories like this, you are remarkable. You're listening out there. You are remarkable. You're a remarkable person. And as, as Janelle says, you know, find someone to, you know, some of you may not be in a church, but in finding someone to hold space is finding a coach like Janelle or myself who will mm -hmm. hold space for you. And not somebody who is going to dictate to you what you should do, but right. just by asking you questions, by allowing you to open up and speak about the things. And is in, in speaking about that, that's where the healing comes. The healing comes as you begin to open. It's like you're, you're peeling the onion. You're taking out mm -hmm. you know, the layers. And yeah. as the layers come out, or you, you have that heavy cloak. And you, you have to take that cloak off. Or you go into your wardrobe and there are some clothes there that can't fit you anymore. But you, you keep, still keep holding on to them. And you mm. just have to clean the closet out. And that's what this is about. It's about that reflection and, and cleansing, cleansing yourself and rebooting. So you <laughs> reboot yourself. And I think that's just such an amazing, 
amazing story. I just feel as though there is so much more we could talk about in this segment, but we know we can't go on forever. <laughs> so I just want to say, um, I think I find in most of my, my um, the people that I meet, there seems to be like a, a part two that, that needs to take place because there's just so much that people need to hear and they need to understand about why it is important to tell your story because everybody's story is different. And in doing so, what you're actually doing is building the other person up because you yes. have built me up today. <laughs> you, okay. have, you have put something inside of me because I was thinking, am I going to be able to do this because of other challenges that I am facing that I have to go through? And I'm thinking, do I really want to do this? But now I'm so happy that we 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 we, we stuck to it and we did it. So this is a fear. So talk to me about, and this will be the last thing we're going to talk about now. That fear that you know he said he did not give us a spirit of fear, but what he gave us is a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Now mm -hmm. there are two types of fear. I'm not going to go into it. I'm going to let you talk about <laughs> two different types. And which one of them that will just propel you through? Mm, yeah, that's so great to point out. Well, fear that he was talking about in that passage, I haven't given you a spirit of fear. That's the fear that brings with it this idea that there's going to be some kind of punishment. Something's going to go wrong. I'm going to lose something if I do this thing. And that fear will hold us back from stepping into what we're being called to do. And by, you know, by faith, you know, faith actually the opposite of fear is love so in that passage he said i've given you spirit of haven't given you spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind perfect love casts out all fear so when you know you are loved intimately totally unconditionally by god then fear will dissipate and so in my life in that moment i had to realize he loves me in this place that he's called me into and he's prepared it for me that step of faith then when i don't see it yet but it's trust faith is trusting and believing. And that will dissipate the fear. The fear causes you to shrink back. Faith and power and love will cause you to step forward. And as you do that, more faith and love and power start building and confidence. And, you know, that sound mind, you know, when you're in fear, your mind isn't sound. It isn't whole. I was not in a place yeah. of being whole. But when I stepped into this place that he was calling me to with faith and love and, and the power by his power, you know, then the wholeness came. My mind could be clear and whole and healthy. And so, you know, so really fear will keep you from stepping out there because you're afraid something bad's going to happen. I'm going to be rejected. They won't like me. I'll sound stupid or dumb or, or, or I'll fall on my face. And when it is something that is your calling, like your destiny. It's in you to do it. The more that you, like you were talking about a baby learning to walk. My great nephew just learned to walk and it was so cool to watch him, you know, develop those muscles, the strength in his muscles. He had to keep trying things. Babies keep going until they get it. And that's what we are all created already to do. We're already equipped from the time we're babies all the way through to, to try those muscles out. But we have a part to play in that. It isn't going to magically just happen. You have to step alongside with God and partner with him to do it. I had to step out there and give those ladies that message or uh, that wouldn't have happened. I had to do my part. And when I did that, it built my muscle. So it's really 
like that. And it can be hard and painful, just like if you go work out in the gym and build your muscles, but it's a good, it's a good feeling and you get stronger and you get better at it. So that fear is about punishment and the opposite is love that you're not going to be punished. You're actually going to be growing and stronger and more powerful. And so the other fear would be, I guess you're talking about like the fear of God, the awe mm -hmm. and reverence. Yeah. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. That is awe. You know, being in awe of God is this reverence and this place of wonder and like, wow, and realizing who he truly is. But you can see that in yourself as well. And I would recommend you study if anybody out there that is not feeling like they're awesome, go study Psalm 139 because the word, when it says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that's made in awe. Like you are awesome. And when God looks at you, he sees that because he created you. You didn't do it yourself. It's him creating you. Yeah. And wonderfully means distinct and, and unique. It actually means that's the uniqueness part of you. You know, being able to walk in that place of this awe and reverence and wonder of all that God's put in you and all that he's called you to do, that the effect and impact you're going to have on other people, that's what it's really all about. It's not about us just being great to be great. It's the effect and the impact we have in the yeah. world yeah. on others. We're, we're in this together and we help yeah. each other. Yeah. So. yeah. Thank you so much. And I suppose that's, you know, that's a good place to end. <laughs> uh, it's about being in partnership. It's about, you said we are co-workers. Mm -hmm. Yes. Together. And you mentioned that. So I just want to thank you today for being here, for sharing your story and for enlightening me. And I'm sure as, uh, you know, as we had some people came on and they went off, but I'm sure if you're listening to this, I know it's a, it's a, a long session, but just take your time and go through it bit by bit. And uh, there will be something in there for you. There are lots of nuggets uh, in there that you can take and uh, you can really feed on it because there are words that will help you to feed on. It's like you're eating food for your spiritual well-being as well as your physical and mental and emotional well-being. So there was something, there was food in there for every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. I do hope that you, you find that there and you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us. So if someone wanting to reach out to you, how can they do that? Well, they can go to my website. There's a contact page there. It's uh, emerginglifecoaching.com. And you can also just email me, Janelle at emerginglifecoaching.com. I would love to hear from you all. And you can see there on my website all kinds of things I have going on. You know, some of the things I offer. Come check it out. Thank you so much for being here with us. I appreciate you. And to everyone who have been listening to this podcast, uh, you know, is a live stream, is a live stream. Um, just want to thank you for being here and, uh, you know, to just tune in and anytime that we go live. So thank you. Have a wonderful evening. Any questions, you can reach me at uh, hello at uh, and you can message me through Facebook or on Instagram. So thank you once again. And I look forward to speaking to you guys soon. Take care.